where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Hey everybody, welcome to Open Mic with Michael Thiessen. And uh, today I am joined by an international traveler. We have Pastor Tobias Riemenschneider, and he came to the Church of War Conference all of the way from Frankfurt, Germany. Tobias, thank you so much for coming on the show and being at the conference this weekend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So um, everyone... Uh, Pastor Tobias came in on our first night of the conference and uh, shared with uh, with the participants why and how he well, how how he was here. And Tobias, you were perfectly European in the sense <laughs> that you came in, you had uh, a, a very wonderful sincerity, and then at the same time, just that punch of humor that was so helpful. So I think we're going to have fun today. Yeah. <laughs> and why don't you share with our listeners mm -hmm. why you're here at the Church of War conference? Uh, we're shooting this live in uh, Pastor Jacob's office, if you can call it that, his studio room. <laughs> and um, w what brought, what made you get up and come all this way? Yeah. You know, the, the situation in the last two and a half years around COVID was very similar in Germany than in Canada and many other uh, countries of the Western world. And um, we also had lockdowns and were prohibited from singing praises to the Lord and had to social distance and wear masks and so on. And um, my church knew, we knew that we cannot comply with this. We knew this was, uh, this was an attack on the church, on our fellowship and our, on our um, worship. And so we knew we could not comply, we had to resist, but we did it secretly. So we went underground, met, met in secret, and we're just hoping that no one would, uh, would realize what we were doing. Right. And um, so basically we were afraid. And uh, then I, I heard that um, what, what was happen, happening here in Canada, I heard that James Coates uh, went to jail for having church services. And... Um, <clears throat> And, and that caused something in me, that changed something in me. Um, you know, I, I understood that uh, this is really war. Yeah, so that's yeah. also the name of this conference, the church at war. It's a very, so, uh, it really is an appropriate name. Yeah. And, um, and it was clear for me in that moment, it became clear that, uh, you know, if, if that is war, you have to stand up and fight. Mm -hmm. You cannot just cover somewhere and hope no one will find you, but you also have to take a stand. So I was encouraged by the faithfulness of James Coates, that he was even willing to go to jail for that, I was encouraged to also stand up and be faithful. And that's what we did together with my co-pastor. I, I um, draw up a statement um, how you should view all these restrictions biblically. And as far as I know, that was the first statement from a church in Germany regarding the COVID restrictions, the, uh, the COVID situation. And... Um, 
and and it was it was quite successful. So it was shared um, uh, all over Germany and um, caused a lot of trouble <laughs> in the churches who w wanted to comply with That's everything. That's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we've heard that same type of story uh, with the with a, with the Niagara Declaration that mm -hmm. that um, Joe Boot and uh, Dr. Aaron Rock and myself and uh, and Andre Schutten were a part of writing and. Um, when you say we, we cause a lot of trouble, what you, what you really mean is we cause people to think. Right. And unfortunately, that's, that's actually shaking the foundations of many elders boards. Exactly. Yeah. And it really is trouble. And so we laugh about it and other people go, well, why do you want to cause trouble? We just want to cause people to think biblically. Right. And that's shaking uh, maybe away from, you know, a, a candy coating that 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 people have you're kind of shaking them loose of that candy coating or waking them up right you know yeah so someone called me a godly troublemaker and i hope that's what, what i am yeah yes that's um. a good time I, I actually i'm quite positive based upon your sense of humor <laughs> that godly troublemaker is likely an, an appropriate title <laughs> continue go <laughs> so, ahead right so um yeah you know, you know what happened there were many christians who who knew that what was going on wasn't right um, but it were mainly the, the pastors and elders who, who said, no, we have to comply. And now our statement um, gave something to these Christians where they could point to, where they, yeah. they could now approach their pastors yeah. and say, here, this is what, what other pastors have written. Yeah. So what, what do you say now? Yeah, so, yes. And that, that, that caused the trouble, I, I, I think. Um, well, well and, and so we were, we were encouraged to, to join the war by James Coates. And not only James Coates, but uh, th then we saw what happened to Tim Stevens. And this is really, you know, I, I said that before, that this, is, this really broke my heart when I, when I watched the video of uh, Tim Stevens, who is such a gentle and, and, and kind man. Yeah. And, and, and they just ripped him from the arms of his, of his uh, crying children. This is, was, was unbearable for me to watch. Yeah. And um, so I really suffered with my brothers. I really wept for them. And... and um, and also Jacob Riom, who was fine. Then, then many lost their churches. Um, Pastor Steve, Steve Richardson, who lost his job, was excommunicated because yeah. um, he stood for, up for the truth. Yeah. So, and it's interesting, everybody. Uh, last night in the documentary, Steve Richardson made a point. He said, you know, I, I had my day in court with the civil government. But I, I actually was excommunicated from my, from my uh, denomination without a, a church court. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was shocking. Right. So it was it, it was not just an external war. So the, the church was not just at, at war with with the government, yeah. but it was also an inter internal war. Yeah. And um, COVID, you know, COVID showed the face of 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 many. Yeah. So many things were revealed by COVID. Yeah. Um, so um, I was very encouraged by the brothers here in in Canada, how they stood faithfully and were even willing to to have uh, horrendous fines and go to jail for what is right. And that was extremely encouraging for me. And um, I, I then contacted uh, James Coates, contacted um, uh, Tim Stevens. We, we, our church wrote a letter to James Coates when he was in jail. And um, Thank you. They, were, they, they told me they were very encouraged by this, to know that there are uh, brethren, even in Germany, far away, yeah, who, who knew what was going on, who were on, on, and who stood with them and prayed for them. 
And so a relationship developed. We did a podcast with James Coates. Um, actually, two and a half months ago, we also had a conference in Frankfurt similar like this one. So it was looking back at two and a half years of COVID and assessing that. And, um, and James Coates also spoke there. He wasn't able oh. to fly in because okay. there were uh, still the uh, travel restrictions applied. Right. But, um, he was there uh, through Zoom. He joined us on the internet. So this is how all these connections came together. And then... Um, then, uh, together with two other brothers, I wrote a declaration, the Frankfurt Declaration, and I sent it to all these guys, to all these pastors here from Canada, and um, asked, first asked for their input, yeah, if they um, had some thoughts on, on it, and, um, and then they also signed it. And um, so this is how I got connected with, with even more of the Canadian pastors here through this declaration. So what happened to you in Germany when you decided to make a more uh, public stand? Yeah. So, so just, just to kind of go through the timeline, for, you, you know this in Canada, but the, the timeline for the last two and a half years has been a mixture of um, being open, being open with restrictions, being totally closed, summertime coming, being allowed to meet outside, um, back into restrictions restrictions being more severe level one level two level three like you could hardly follow it it, yes. it was ridiculous but but there was um i think for many for many men there was um i, I want to say like times where they were open and surveilled and the police mm -hmm. were uh tracking them and then there were other times where they, you, you just got exhausted. You got exhausted with so many people putting their noses into the private life of the church where you're there to worship the Lord and encourage your families and everybody's terrified. So we, there was a variety of ways to deal with, with staying open and attempting to be faithful. Um, and sometimes that meant the state was harder and, and lighter. What happened to you when, yeah. when you decided to be more public? So um, I was afraid that the state would, um, would also reach what we have put out and um, maybe come after us. Um, but that did not happen. Maybe it didn't happen because we don't have an own church building. We, we have to rent a building. And during COVID, we lost our our building, yeah, as and, so many um, church planters did. Yeah, and but but we found a new place, and this was in an old industrial area, and it was not even on on the ground floor, but on the second or third floor. So, I, I think God God hit us away. Yeah. Good. So um, we still we still announced that we have uh, had church services, right. but we didn't uh, we didn't give the address. So we just gave a telephone number and contact yeah. us, and then we spoke with the people who wanted to come to. Have, have a quick, quick check. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so during the entire time, you know, we always knew something could happen. Um, and we took some, some precautionary yeah. measures, but um, nothing really happened. There, there was, you know, it started, it, it started with a hard lockdown where no one was allowed to leave his, his house except for things which were really vital, like going to, the, uh, going to shop for, right. for food or so. And um, during that time, also church services were completely uh, prohibited. Right. Um, and um, that was a time when we just met underground when we, we we had to split our church because we had no building where we could all meet, so right. we just split up in groups and met in in the houses. Yeah. And then I think this lasted for maybe seven weeks or so, 
uh, maybe eight. And after that, church services were allowed again, and they stayed allowed. So they were, they were, um, they were not forbidden again, but there were heavy restrictions right. on uh, capacity limits, dis social distancing, right. mask wearing, testing, um, yeah. and so on. Um, and we knew that we um, would not comply with that. So we would not ask someone to, to wear a mask um, or to, to show a test or something like that. Hey, friends, are you tired of having leftism rammed down your throat everywhere you turn? Like you're just exhausted where you go into a business and they want to promote leftist ideas and causes to you all day long. I know I'm tired of this. And you know, this is why we need to have new buying habits. So why are you buying coffee from companies that hate you and your freedoms? I, I can think of the day that I stopped desiring to support Starbucks. It was two years ago. Well, look, Resistance Coffee is here for you. I was just talking to Nicole in our production studio. She really wants to drink Resistance Coffee, but she's not yet gone and bought Resistance Coffee. Well, look, you can enjoy their wonderful taste and their fresh roasted coffee, Nicole, with the knowledge that your money is not funding leftist causes. So in fact, folks, Resistance Coffee gives 10% of every purchase to organizations that are fighting for constitutional freedoms for Canadians. This is partly why we partnered with Resistance. They have been gracious to us from day one. So Resistance Coffee roasts specialty grade beans, which means you're getting high end quality coffee that's roasted fresh for you. So be done with stale grocery store coffee uh, or uh, picking up your $4 uh, coffee cup somewhere else. Support Canadian Freedoms. Go to resistancecoffee.com backslash LCC and join the resistance today. Nicole, go out and buy it today. Stop hesitating. Go online. You can do it. Resistancecoffee.com backslash LCC. I've reminded every everybody on this podcast so many times that all we did was post the law. So we posted the law mm -hmm. that had clear exemptions in it. And so it, 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 one of the things that was exceedingly frustrating for me, and it continues to be the lack of dialogue that people actually had with the law mm -hmm. to know what it was saying, because our government uh, our Ontario government actually never closed the churches. They always would leave it a crack open for 10 people or something mm -hmm. yeah. ridiculously stupid like that. And they knew, and then, and then they would always embed in the law or in the mandates, um, they would embed the, the, uh, the human rights code of Ontario. Mm -hmm. And so if you read, you, you actually knew the law was, on your side, or yeah. at least on a uh, on a balanced side, um, uh, on many issues like masking and whatnot, it, it, it was the it was the restriction on numbers that really caught many of us. Because of course, you want the church family to be worshiping together, and that's the purpose of coming together. And one of the things that we haven't said at this conference yet that I that um, I was kind of good, I was hoping someone would bring up was that in in the in the time of a if this were a global pandemic where people are dying in the streets, that would be the time the church would actually need to be preaching the resurrection of the mm -hmm. dead because yeah, people yes. would be terrified. Yeah. They are terrified. And so that is the irony that yeah. in the time when the church needs to be the most active, people are about to face judgment day. 
The pandemic is coming. The bodies will be building up in the, in the streets and the church runs and hides. And, and, and that's how it historically has ever be, always been. So um, when there were big cat catastrophes, when there was a real pandemic, when there was war or whatsoever, um, the churches were not closed. They were full. Yeah? They were yes. filled with people yeah. because they were afraid and they knew I, I, um, you know, I, I could die. So I have to think about what comes after that. I have to think about my soul. I, to whom can I call out in, in such a situation but to God? And so I, I believe that, yeah. Hmm? And, and in a real pandemic, people aren't in this arbitrary, you got me sick. Mm -hmm. Everybody's dying or everybody's sick. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, let's do tracing back to the source of you, you have, you, you, like you, you look at the Black Plague, you, you look at all of these things, the, um, the Spanish flu, um, you, you, you have governments trying to react similarly but people looking to the Lord yeah. and um, not trying to arbitrarily think that they can control their own destiny and, exactly. and, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, their own ways. Yeah, yeah, because people don't believe anymore in God. Most, most don't. Um, that's why the state becomes God. So yeah. now they look to the state for salvation. The state is responsible to rescue us even from a virus, right? right. Uh, but he, he, the state cannot do it. But he still tries it. Uh, it's, uh, and, um, you know, um, w when there was a real pandemic, you know, you know the Bible says something about that. Yeah. Yeah, the Bible says if, 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 if God sends a pandemic, it tells us what to do. We should repent right. and he will heal the, 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 the land. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what we did not do. Yeah. yeah? But we, we thought, well, we just try to play God. Yeah. And we see what, what the outcome is. Yeah. Um, because so, so much damage was done by, by these measures. Um, that's right. Yeah. So talk to me about the Frankfurt Declaration. This mm -hmm. is not, I, I remember getting, uh, getting a, a copy of it quite late in, in the process uh, as far as just being invited. And um, I was so thankful that you wrote it. And uh, I, I told you this morning, I, we've been in such a, such a busy state as a family. Uh, I just literally signed it this morning. So I'm thankful that, that uh, to have signed it now. Um, can you share with folks kind of the, you've got a, a five, I'm, I've got it in front of me. You've got five articles. Do you, can you give me a quick summary of each article uh, and, and let people know uh, folk, many people who are my listeners would have read our declaration, the Niagara declaration. And I'm sure that uh, in, in reading the first uh, number of articles here, just refreshing my mind, it, it's got a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. So I'm so thankful you're reflecting biblical truth in it. Yeah. Give us a summary of the Frankfurt Declaration. And then I, I love the international. So, so I want you to mm -hmm. try to take us into Germany and, and take us uh, uh, to the other side of the pond into Europe uh, or, or as far as the declaration has reached. People need to know that in, in similar ways where historic declarations or historic statements have greatly encouraged the church worldwide. That's what your hope for this is. And, mm -hmm. and we're, we're seeing it already. Yeah. Right. So maybe how this all came together, you know, there was a brother from the UK, from England who reached out to me and other, other pastors and, and brothers around the world um, whom he knew to, be, to have been faithful during COVID. And he just reached out to them with this idea of, of putting together a, a, a declaration. And we started with a, with a bigger group, but um, well, we just realized, okay, that we are 
not not everyone is, is thinking in the same direction. So a, a smaller group split off, three pastors, um, one from South Africa, one from uh, the USA, but who is, um, is a missionary to France, and myself. And we then continued the work. We had, we had begun with a bigger group. We continued that work, and... Um, over, I think, a year or even 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 longer, we regularly met uh, on on Zoom on the internet and yeah. um, and and put together this declaration, and okay. then also asked other other uh, people we know uh, for their input, and yeah, the outcome is the Frankfurt Declaration, and you know. We were not very well connected, so um, it, it, norm, normally how declarations um, are, are done is that um, that m many pastors come together and um, work on this, and yeah. so we were just three three guys, yeah. Wow. And um, I, I knew a few a few brothers in in Canada in um, the USA, and I sent that to them, and I thought, well, maybe they would sign it because they are my friends, and um, but they they said, well. I I can send it on to yeah. to Pastor X and Pastor Y and um, so it, it it grew and grew and I was totally surprised um, when when even men like Vody Borkham or John MacArthur when, when they all signed it, you know, um, I thought well sending it to them uh, th probably they will not sign it yeah they don't yeah. even really really know me and right. why should they sign this declaration but but they did yes. almost everyone I sent it to signed it so this was extremely encouraging and I didn't anticipate that um, but it was a great blessing from the Lord that so many brothers joined this declaration and it really became international it, yeah. it is and and I know in Canada we really value something that has been international I don't know if that's always good like I I I, I we have a our, our prime minister is currently making plans for Canada based upon a globalist agenda. Mm. But when you see pastors from so many backgrounds and so many countries, now you've, you've even translated this into how many different languages already? Like you can see it right at the very top. There's eight, probably eight I'm languages. Sure, but, mm -hmm. And that's just so important. Uh, you know, languages divide us as, as far as just natural barriers, the consequence of Babel and, uh, and so when, when we see things translated and we see pastors from so many different traditions, uh, listeners, I think the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this is because it, 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 it's, it, if you look at um, matters of difficult church discipline in the London Baptist Confession, um, it actually says that in difficult times, many churches mm -hmm. should come together and dialogue. Yeah. And um, publish the results of the dialogue. And that's really what is here. You've, mm -hmm. you've brought people together. You've asked them for editorial input yeah. and, and then you've published that dialogue and there's power in that. We, we use mm -hmm. the Niagara declaration in, in Canada many times to, um, when, when people were making Christians say, well, share with us your religious opinions about this. Well, mm -hmm. we would send them this document and, yep. And and sometimes actually the Canadian government didn't like that. They actually just or or Canadian institutions just said, well, that's mm -hmm. too political, and they just ignored the signatures of hundreds of pastors. Mm -hmm. But in reality, in the rigor of dealing with difficult uh, church discipline matters, it is the pastors coming together and dialoguing, correcting one another, debating, sharing perspective from scripture correcting ideas that are coming uh, outside of scripture um, 
that that is powerful. So I would I would think that this is going to have lasting impact. Actually, it's really exciting to think. Great, we're, we have we have we have people signing it now, but you know maybe let's think twenty years from now. The the Frankfurt yep. Declaration on Christian and Civil Liberties is going to continue for years. Yeah. Yep, I hope so. When you, when you will look back uh, in, in 20 years or 50 years, whatsoever, if you look back on the COVID situation, um, at least there, there are a few documents, including the Frankfurt Declaration and the Niagara Declaration. There are a few documents which, which document uh, that yes. there was resistance yeah, yes. and how the church reacted to this. Like you think yeah. of some of the writings that we were, we were you know, at the Church of War conference here, the documentary – um, the Antichrist in his ruin. By the way, everybody needs to go see that documentary. Um, it, 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 it's not what you think. It's not a bunch of guys patting themselves on the back. It's, it is, uh, uh, Jacob and his team have carefully documented the, the decline of, um, the Christian moral foundation in this country and then why the, the need to return to God. So all that to say, um, so, but but you just think of like we're quoting Bunyan from hundreds of years ago while he wrote in a jail cell, mm -hmm. and I doubt that he ever imagined that his journal writings and his book writing would be that well received. We're talking about the yeah. author of Pilgrim's Progress. That's another thing we've talked a lot about Bunyan's book, uh, The Antichrist and His Ruin. Mm -hmm. We're we are talking about the guy who wrote the analogous fiction that, mm -hmm. that captures the imagination that virtually every Christian can say the pilgr pilgrim's progress, that that's my progress. And, Oh, and, and I recognize that temptation. And I like, he nailed the, the, the journey of the individual, similar to CS Lewis and mere Christianity. He mm -hmm. nailed it so well why wouldn't we trust him when we're talking about the Antichrist? But again, yeah. we're going over a historical document. And so hopefully yeah. people will be able to yeah. use the Frankfurt Declaration for that. I'm probably not a John Bunyan, but it would be nice. If it <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I was thinking, you know, maybe you'll write, maybe you'll write like the next Pilgrim's Progress now that you've written this. And then they'll, then they'll, oh, okay. then they'll get captivated by <laughs> okay. that. And then they'll have to look at the Frankfurt Declaration because they... Uh, they All appreciate right. your other work no, so much. Maybe that's my new project. Yeah, there know. you go. The podcast, the, right. the new Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. <laughs> so go go over Article Two, Article Article Three, Article Four for me. Just uh, yeah. Do you feel comfortable to run yeah. that off the top of your head? Well, if, if you have it in front of you. Oh no, I also see. There, I was that refreshed my mind. Of course, I was cheating. So, <laughs> so you, you don't you want to talk about this article too? We'll just kind oh, of summarize yeah. article. Mm -hmm. just, just summarize the articles because uh, you know yes. people people don't always understand what a declaration is and the and, you know the, the maybe the right. logical and biblical process going right, through it. Right. So as you said, we have five articles. We have an introduction and and a closing statement, but five articles which which, which try to address what happened during COVID. And not only during COVID, but we all know that this is continuing, right? This yes. this is what we are in now. No, which, it's um, over. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Like <laughs> Yeah, maybe COVID is over, but um No, no. I, other I, I, I was I was I, I know, it's I know, literally not over in Canada. <laughs> you still have masking restrictions yes, in Germany it, yeah, right it, now. It's not over in Germany. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So the first idea was um, b because the the state says um, what is good and not good. So it says, okay, we have to to mask to save lives. So uh, the state is is 
basically trying to be God and define what is good and evil. So the first article um, makes clear that God is, uh, is the curator and the lawgiver and the judge. So um, if you want to know what's good and evil, you don't look to the, to the government or to yourself. Or you look to God because he has defined that for all people at all times. And he will judge everyone according to the, his, the, his standards. So... Um, it is not it is not up to the government to to make to define what morale is and that's what what we see all the time we saw that during covid they decided now it is a an evil thing to to meet grandma it's an evil thing to to hug someone it's an evil thing to uh, to worship um because you're killing people so um and we deny that that the state has a right to do that god defines what is good and evil before you go on yeah. mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that because I thought that the Bible's rules were were just for just for the family or mm -hmm. or or just for Christians. Like we so commonly yeah. hear Christians say, "Well, they're not Christians. You can't expect mm -hmm. them to follow God's right. God's law or right. God's rules, God's word." And I kind of look confused as to where Christianity has gone. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I think it, it becomes very clear when you look at uh, at the Ten Commandments, where, where God has summarized basically uh, His law. Um, you know, he, he, um, when it says you you shall not murder, you shall. Yeah, um, this applies to everyone. We wouldn't say, well, only Christians sh shouldn't murder. And of course, we know that no one should murder another right. human being, right? right? And um, and and no one should should be stealing and so um we know that these are uh, moral standards which are transcendent they don't only apply to christian they apply to everyone this is how god um has rules um life of of mankind yeah, yeah. so um we know that when we look at at these um um at these uh, commandments um and we see that in Scripture constantly, uh, all the time, the, the apostles, they are holding people, um, they, they, are, they are telling them that, that there will be a day of judgment. Yeah. You know, when you think of, of Paul, when he's, when he's uh, in, in Athens, um, he tells people that there's a day of judgment. So according to what standard, according to what law will people be judged? Even the heathens. Well, according to the law of God, because he is the judge. Christ is the judge. In the, in the film... Um, and I'm trying to bring this conversation around the conference because mm -hmm. because we're here and that's why we're doing this in person and that's yeah. why our lighting is bad and everything <laughs> like that. Um, uh, Air, uh, Pastor Aaron Rock said, you know, every every epistle was written with an occasion, and that mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a both a technical exegetical comment to say that we are looking for the purpose and the occasion of the letter, but it's also just. Uh, going to what you said in a, in a very natural way, they're written to an occasion holding people to account and drawing them to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Right. Like in every occasion it was, you're doing this, you yeah. need to do this. Right. Right. Yeah. There was the example even given at the conference of, of uh, John the Baptist and Herod. Right. So um, he could go to the King and, and tell him what you're doing is not right. And God will judge you. And what what was his what was what, what was this based on on the on the law of God? Yeah, yeah. So God is holding people accountable um, according to His law, and not to what they believe their they, their law is. No, yeah. there's just one law which God God will judge um, on, and that's the law of God. So um, 
So article that that's that, that that's how that article that's article one. So okay. the state c- cannot define morale, but God defines morale. Okay, and and we see that not only with COVID, we, we see it with basically everything. You know, the, the state is now calling good what was evil and and would even be have been punished sometimes even with capital punishment only a few decades ago. Yeah. Homosexuality and um, and abortion and so on. Yeah? yeah, he's now calling all these things good, when God says this is evil. Yeah. And um, a few decades ago, our, our, our countries, our societies still knew that. And there were civil laws or, or even uh, uh, other laws against it, right? So, okay, th- that's Article 1. Article 2 um, is now the question of, of truth. Because, um, you know, the state um, told us what the truth is. The truth about COVID, yeah. yeah. Um, the, also, the truth about gender or whatsoever. The, the state now now tells us what truth is. So, every one of us um, knew a, f- a few years ago that there are only two genders, right? Man and woman. That's how God made us. Yeah. Um, now the state is telling us that's, that's not true. Right. Yeah, and you cannot believe that. Yeah. Um, you 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 are a hateful person if you believe that. So um, so we are now. Uh, and also COVID, it was based on, on many lies. So there, there were these, these lies, these narratives, and on these narratives, all the measures were based. So um, we also have to, not only have to ask who is, who is defining morale, but also what is truth. Yeah? Yes. So, and, and, and we say that the, the source of, of all truth is God. We are living in his world. And um, this world is functioning according to his truth. There is an objective truth. Um, and... Um, and, and we can try to discover this truth, even by science. You know, there are certain truths in this world, and uh, we can try to discover these truths. But we have to do it, um, we have to do it in accordance with, with, with God's truth. So um, even science is not, neut- not neutral. Yeah, we, we tend to believe science is just neutral, but it is not. Um, look at Darwin or something. Yeah? This is not neutral. This is against, going against God. So you can misuse science. Yeah, science yeah. in and of itself. We've, we've talked a lot about this. Uh, science in and of itself is not a, is not a direction. Uh, the direction of science is, is, is uh, relegated by the worldview of the individual. So it's either moving towards right. evil or it's mm-hmm. moving towards, or, or, towards good. Yes. Uh, just as you talked about the idea of truth, um, just so everybody um, on the podcast is reminded, uh, I want to, I want to tell Tobias, this is just happened uh, in on Ontario while we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, our, just as an example of the government lying to you. So, so the Ontario's top doctor, Kieran Moore, uh, a week ago, uh, recommended that Ontarians be masking inside. Mm. He went so far to say that parents who have sniffles should mask around their children. <laughs> and then just this past weekend, uh, you can see it through all of the newspapers right now. Globe and Mail is covering it, and uh, or Global News is covering it, and uh, and and of course Twitter's talking. Somebody just recorded him out at a party on the weekend with hundreds of people unmasked. Yeah, yeah. It's it. That's just a flat out lie. He, right. the, the 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 fact that he would go in front of the cameras. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, got his uh, most recent booster, and the government video that showed is him talking in this really sincere conversation with the doctor mm-hmm. with masks on. Then he gets his shot, and so you know, yeah. logic says, why is he wearing a mask if he's safe? But someone else was there 
And they recorded the video of him walking into the drugstore just as normal, coming up to the first pharmacist, shaking mm-hmm. his hand, just just human contact, no masks, just like this, yep. just, you know, fine. Walks over to the next doctor who's going to give him the shot. Another big old handshake. <laughs> That's the second person we're shaking hands. Yep. No masks. Yep. And then when the cameras roll, they both sit down and yep. put on their masks. Yeah. The same happened in Germany. It's, it's real hypocrisy, right? And, and what they're doing is they, they, they misuse science. So that's also, the, the Frankfurt Declaration also warns against scientism. So the belief that everything science tells us is true. Right. Because science is done by scientists. And scientists have an, a worldview. And they have an agenda. Maybe they are even paid for special results. Uh, uh, so, most, yeah. They certainly are. Not, it's not mm-hmm. even a maybe. Scientists are paid by people who have motives for scientists. Exactly. Yeah. So just to believe that science gives us truth right. is a wrong belief. God gives us truth. Right. And we can use science to discover truth, which is in the natural world. Yeah. But we can also misuse science. So it's just a call to not not believe everything a scientist tells you right. or everything a government tells you right um that that you know that's really Orwellian where you have this ministry of truth right who tells you yes. what to believe and yes um we shouldn't do that we should look up to to god and his revelation and um that's where truth comes from and 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 we should once we start with scripture because that, that that that's our revelation to us as far as our examples and our commands and our, our, our narratives that lead us towards understanding like what God has revealed to us, then we have to just also like, for me, again, my listeners are probably exhausted with me saying this, but, um, you know, when we're commanded not to lie, mm-hmm. that also means, and, and I've, I talked with Vodi Bakum about this, you know, we, we, we've got proverbs that talk about cross-examination. You have to, be willing to cross-examine statements because people exactly. are liars. Yeah. And, and if, if you only hear, hear one side, you yeah. will believe this side. Right. But then you hear the other side, and then you, you – know, that's what Proverbs right. says, right? And yeah. then you think, well, maybe he's not right yeah. here because now I've heard the other side. The first to speak and, first seems right until mm-hmm. he is questioned. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how, normally how even also science should work. But – that it was exactly what was what was not allowed during COVID. Okay, I, yeah. I want to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's off topic, and I, I really want to get to homeschooling. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm going to ask you this question, then go ahead and summarize mm-hmm. the last three articles. Yeah. But we should move through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're telling me it's just like Canada is just like Germany, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's eerie. And when I say that's eerie, like you and I've never met. Mm-hmm. I've been to Frankfurt once. I, my, my wife and I did missionary work in Mozambique, Africa. Mm-hmm. And I had to fly through Frankfurt. And I, I, it was very yellow. The airport had a lot of yellow in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I've never been out into the countryside. I've never been able to see Germany. It's a, it's a trip we would, have, we would love to make. And mm-hmm. uh, you can invite me over there sometime. You and, invited. And we will come. <laughs> Uh, but as you're describing it, 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 it really seems lockstep. Like it, it really seems, yes. um, and I, I've been watching the G20 this week and it seems like there's just a club and they've all decided to do the exact same thing, right. yeah. whether they are oceans apart. Right. And I, I don't know what, what exactly is behind it. So 
Um, I, yeah, I don't want to get too much into politics. No, but what but, I mean is that uh, it just it, like it just seems that your government is considering some other uh, some other reason to do what it's doing because it is so identical to our government, even though yes, we yeah. are so spread apart and our countries are so right, different. Right. Like, what's the population of Germany right now? Eighty-four million. Eighty-four million. And what's the like? Uh, I Canada is one of the largest countries in the world. Yeah, Germany is probably the size of Alberta, or so. So it's right. So you have eighty-four million more. in mm-hmm. the size of Alberta, mm-hmm. and our government is acting the exact same way uh, yes. as your government yes. when we only have thirty-five, thirty-seven million, yep. and we have this vast uh, yep. area. Yeah. So of course they are talking. I'm not sure whether there's a common plan. Or right. So. Yeah. I I don't know, but. Um, but what I but what I do know is that there is a common worldview. You know, everywhere in the Western world, uh, Australia, Canada, um, Germany, the USA, um, we all basically uh, are going the same direction. You know, we all were, were Christian countries, Christianized countries, and um, we are now have a, have a new worldview. This is the secular, humanistic worldview, and um, and because we have the same worldview. Or at least our politicians have, yep, yeah, and many. Yep. So um, they also act the same. You know, everyone has a god. Everyone yeah. has a worldview. And if it's not the god of the Bible, it's some other god. And if it's not the biblical worldview, it's some other worldview. And and the Western world, uh, the countries of the Western world, share a common worldview and a common god. And I think that's the at least the the spiritual reason why they are also acting the same. Well, and this is going to your to the article on truth and 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 scientism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're living that out um, and that gives them great, uh, I want to say confidence. And at the same time, it leads them right into lying, arresting, covering up the moment they get caught. Yeah with even maybe just doing something and not knowing that they should have done it because they didn't, they didn't actually investigate truth. Right. They fell into this, uh, this problem that, you, that you're addressing yeah. in, in the second article. Right. And so not, not to be caught on it, that's why also all this censorship is happening, right? right. You're not allowed to say anything against them because it could turn out you're speaking the truth. So this had to be, yeah, the right. truth cannot, cannot come... Uh, yeah, because right. we can both See, fairly say I've never done 15 studies on masks. Yeah. So we could easily say you and I sitting around, I don't know if masks work. I, I, I know I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm not going to wear one. We've always been able to say that. And someone else would say, well, I know that I like them and I would prefer to wear one. And I've not done 15 studies either. But the moment you're the civil, uh, the, the civil authorities and you say – well, masks work for sure, mm-hmm. and that's why you legally have to wear one. I was like, "Well, okay, wait a minute. We got to find some fifteen studies," and yep. and they know that they they know that they were faking all of that that they, that they didn't have science, and so yep. now they have to cover it up. So yep. this pursuit of truth is a very important point. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. So um, the third article is about mankind being made in the image of God. Um, 
So we, we we don't believe that anymore. Well, we Christians do, but um, yeah. But we, we now, believe that anymore. We, we believe that. <laughs> we don't believe that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, what the world believes now? Yes. Is um, that we are, uh, yeah, that we are the result of some evolutionary process without any transcendental meaning or purpose. We are just apes, right? Right. So. And if, if you are just an, an ape, um, I, I can lock you away. I can strip you of all your rights. Yeah. So why there are these, these, um, these rights these, uh, we have in, in, in our Western world, in Germany they are called fundamental rights, and yeah. um, uh, the, the American um, Constitution calls them the inalienable rights. Yes, right? yeah. So these are God-given rights. We, we, we believed that... Um, that men have these rights because we are made in the image of God. Yeah. Because we are made in the image of God, we are not like animals, but we have worth, we have dignity. And out of that flow, flows, flow rights. Yeah. So you cannot just, you, we have to be protected. Our, um, our worth, our dignity has to be protected uh, from other people. Other people are not just allowed to kill us. Yeah. Um, and you can kill an animal, you cannot kill an image bearer of, of God, right? So, um, but if we, if, we don't, if we don't have that concept anymore, if we don't believe that man is built in the image of God and therefore have, has these God-given and alienable rights, well, then you can take the rights away from him. The state now believes, well, I, the state, I am the one who grants them these rights, so I can also take them away if I see fit. And, and that's what happened. And, and, and the result is that you are dehumanizing people, yeah, you, you, you lock them away. You say you're not allowed to 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 leave your house. You're not allowed to to be at, at to be with your with your with your mother with your dying mother. So we, we let people die alone. This is this is this is in, inhuman, right? So, um, and and so this is extremely important. If you don't believe that man is made in the image of God and therefore is more than an animal and therefore have, has dignity and have, has rights. Um, then there is no protection against the state. Th then you have Darwinism, and then the one who is um, who has just more might, who is mightier than you, uh, who is stronger than you. Well, th then he can just do whatever he wants to you. And and what we've learned is that that that, that individual doesn't tell you his game plan. Mm -hmm. Like like I, 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 you know, I think I think we all think that a tyrant just says, "Hey, everybody, I want you to know I am about to oppress everybody." And uh, Christians, you can technically call this persecution now. You've entered the persecution phase of my plan. Mm -hmm. yeah. And no, the, the you know Nietzsche was the most consistent in in this atheistic view. And when he wrote Ubermansk, mm -hmm. uh, it, it it it's chilling uh, the instructions and the influence that he would have had on Hitler. Yes, and the eugenics program and all of those things. But it's not like I, uh, I again, I, I, I'm thinking about one of the first laws enacted that, that Hitler enacted, and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it was when he was uh, when he had come fully to power or when he was in one of his lower ministerial roles. But it was like for the for the good of the people and protection of the state act, yeah. like there. Yeah. It, and so um, 
this is really important. And, and, and Christians have lost this. Christians are getting lulled into evolution. They're getting lulled into this humanistic worldview. And really, it is only the doctrine of the, of the, of, of, of the uh, Imagio Dei that allows us to stand up and say, as an individual, I ought be respected. Exactly. You know, and what you, what you said is, 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 is true. You know, you have um, even the, the worst tyrants you had, even a Hitler, they cannot just... Uh, you know, they, they cannot just say uh, everyone is worth nothing, and uh, they 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 live in God's world, so they cannot just deny that. So they have to find some way to to make it seem that they are still acting for the good of people. You know, when when the Jews, um, when the persecution of the Jews began in, in um, uh, under Hitler, uh, it was for health reasons. Yeah, yes. they said, "Well, Jews are a threat to our health." Yes. So they always try to find something which which makes their horrific acts uh, sound like something good. Yeah? Yes. Um, but they don't really believe in that, and that's why. The, if you really believe that that your neighbor is made in the image of God, then you have to love your neighbor, no matter if it's if if it's a Jew or whatsoever. Uh, it's a human being made in yeah. the image of God. You have to love him. You have to respect him. If you don't believe that, well, then you you have to try to cover up your your um, what you're doing, yeah, with, with, right. with pretending it, it it is for the good of the people, but it's actually not, of course. Okay, yeah. and then on to the next one. Yes, the next one is. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically about sphere sovereignty. So okay. um, th this was also in the documentary, so yes. everyone really, should really see it. It was, yes. should watch it. It was really good. So um, we believe that God has uh, established spheres of, of authority. Um, he established the, the state, um, and he also... Um, he, he, he does, did not just establish a sphere of, of, of sovereignty or a sphere of uh, authority, but he also defined what the authority is. Right. So he established the state, and he told the state what, his, uh, what he should, should be doing, what the state should be doing, um, punishing evil and rewarding good, yeah. right? Um, and then there is a sphere of the family, and um, there's, of course, every individual being who is also responsible for himself, and um, and and uh, what is what is now happening is that the state is not respecting the and of course sorry and of course the sphere of this church mm -hmm. so the sphere of the church um, so and what the state is doing he is not respecting that anymore he's putting himself in the place of God he believes well I am basically everything yeah. I am the the only sphere of authority and all the other spheres of authority they only exist within my sphere of authority so yeah. I can take their authority away. Or granted to them, um, but I am the ultimate authority, and that's just not true. The ultimate authority is God, and if if He delegates power uh, and authority to you, you are responsible to Him to, um, to to use this authority in the way He tells you to do it. So, the state should not be this this beast yeah. Yeah, who devours everything, but the state has to respect his also its limits of authority. I want to talk about severe sovereignty. Yeah. Uh, maybe t maybe from a different angle. So number one, if you listener don't know what sphere sovereignty is, uh, there are a multitude of authors who have uh, taken us on a journey through scripture and through world history to help us understand this. I I'm actually thinking of one of the one of the most popular ones here in North America, the Truth Project. 
actually surprisingly, which is not um, not an outright reformed project, the Truth Project in, uh, introduced sphere sovereignty to many people in this country. But um, but we have uh, we, we have so many authors talking about this right now. So go look at sphere sovereignty. But here's here's the thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. sphere sovereignty and get your get your thoughts on it because you've you've done some writing on it. It's so natural. Like, I've never woken up and thought to myself, oh, I need the state Mm -hmm. to help me feed my children this morning. Like, I've got to get Cheerios and milk and whether or not that's going to be pasteurized milk or, um, (laughs) you know, uh, or or not, whether it's going to be skim milk. I, uh, I might look to my wife as my life partner to say, hey, what, did you have a plan for the kids to feed them this morning? Or... Or if one of my children, you know, wears a hat into church and everybody wears hats. I like wearing hats. And so sometimes you walk into a place where you sit down at a dinner table and your hat's on. I don't ever say I need to call the local police to get my son to respectfully take off his hat. Yeah. Um, Neither does my son look to me and say, "Uh, dad, you didn't get, you didn't get breakfast menu. You, you didn't get that authorized by an outside. So the point I'm trying to make is sphere sovereignty is so uh, creational. It's so obvious. Um, fathers and mothers are responsible for children. Men are responsible to lead in their home. And when they do, uh, the family thrives. Um when we the same thing with the church, I, I want to just pick on the state. The other, like I, I don't call the uh, the, the pastor, even though I, I, I would have been one, uh, or I, I am one. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't call the other elders to say, "Hey, what should I wear this morning?" Exactly, right? Like, it, it is yeah. so natural that right. the family has authority and responsibility. The church has authority and responsibility. The state has – there's other institutions like the school that comes in and, and they, they, there's a partnership and, uh, um, you know, of course, they all, they all interact. Yeah. But it's so natural. Right. I gave a similar example in one of my sermons, a sermon on Romans 13. Okay. I told them, okay, um, families, I, I am your pastor and um, the word of God says you should submit to me. But if I'm telling you now that from now on – all you are allowed to, to have, have for, for, for lunch and dinner and breakfast at your home is chicken soup. Because I'm really convinced that chicken soup is extremely healthy and will, it will, will be good for you. Yeah. You should immediately, immediately say, no, we will not submit. Because this is, you are now leaving your sphere of authority. You have authority within the church. That's, that's the authority God has given to you as a pastor. Yeah. But you don't have authority to tell me as a, as a husband and father um, what is on the dinner table. Yeah? Yes. Um, and, if, yeah. and, you, and you're the one who is able to show them that I could point to text and verse. Yes. But it's still absurd. Yeah, because it's not creational, and there's so many examples throughout Scripture where authority is given to the family. Right, yeah. Deuteronomy chapter six talks about the parents training up their children. It doesn't say to the state train up your children. Exactly. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't even say to the church 
train up the children of the home. Right. So, right. but you're but, still the guy who can, you can still point to a passage and say, but it says, submit to me, yeah. eat chicken soup. Okay. So yeah. I was laughing when you said that because uh, at my church, I would have taken it just to the next step. Mm-hmm. And then I would said, so if you're really, th- so if you were going to submit to me now, imagine these two next scenarios. Okay. Husbands don't have sex with your wife anymore. You know, let, let, mm-hmm. No more. Now, you know, <laughs> Maybe the women might have cheered and said, get those guys to leave me alone. But, but it, it would be absurdio. It, it would be ridiculous yeah. Yeah. to obey that. And, and yet you still have pastors making these types of ridiculous claims that they don't live by themselves. Right. And if a pastor would say something like that to you. I like the chicken yeah. soup one. Okay. If he, if he would tell you, eat chicken soup all the day, you would know this is a tyrant. And and I this uh, this would not be my past. Like even I, without I, scripture, you would know that yes, there, this exactly. is a tyrant yeah. because it's so creational. Right. And if if the the man, um, the husband and father, if he were to submit to this tyrant, I would even think he would he would be in sin. Yes. Because this authority was given to him by God, and he cannot just let go of this authority. Um, he has this is his authority. Yes. Uh, he is. Um, you know, uh, he has to deal with that, and he cannot just give that up to someone else. Who That's is, right. Yeah? So, and we understand that when we talk about church. Of course, the pastor cannot tell me what to do at my home. Okay. Right. But we don't understand that when the state says the same thing. When the st- state says to the church, you have to obey me. Yeah. When the state says to the, to the family, you have to obey me, then we think, well, the state is, has the right to do that. And that is statism, basically. Yeah, we, yes. um, and and that, that is what the world believes, and that is something even we Christians tend to believe. We yeah. are so influenced by this thinking that the state is above all. And that, that the, the other spheres, the family and, and the church, they only function within the authority of the state. And that's just not true. Right. The state is not God. Um, and, and this is the statism. We believe that the state is above all and, and has the right to, to regulate everything. And even we Christians must unlearn that. Yeah. So let's then, if for time's sake, we're going to have to skip the last yeah. article. Or right. just tell me what's in the last article because I want to get to education. Because uh, this is yes. actually something that is... It, a lot of Canadians don't understand. I've known this for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of the homeschooling movement here in Canada and, and uh, in, in North America. Um, go tell me what's the last article about, yes. and then we I, need to go back I, I to this it, idea. Yeah. I wrap it up quickly, and the last article, the fifth article, five fifth article, is even very closely connected to the fourth one. So we talked about sphere sovereignty, and the fifth article now um, zooms in on the church and makes clear that the church is it, its own sphere of sovereignty, and that the head of the church is Christ. Just as Christ is the head of the state, yeah, but yeah. the state is not head of the church. Yeah, but you but zoom Christ in on is. it, right? Yes, right. And so we're talking about that—that that the state has no right to tell the church whether they are allowed to meet, or with how many people they are allowed to meet, or whether they are allowed to sing. Or this is all under under God, you know. And if if Christ tells tells you, um, come to me. All who are heavy laden, yeah. yeah. Um, then, then, then that's his invitation, and we are not allowed to make well come all who are masked or tested or vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. So this basically zooms in on on the church. What what does fear sovereignty means for uh, especially for the uh, relationship between church and state? You know, folks. Today in our episode, we were talking about all of the monetary incentives that people have to lie to you. And um, 
what we're trying to do in many situations is dig for the truth. And I want to take a moment to tell you about my friends at Rocklink Investment Partners. The team at Rocklink doesn't invest your money to satisfy a woke ESG goal or fall in line with the World Economic Forum. They invest in great businesses that will protect and grow your wealth the old-fashioned way. Get out of mainstream money and give the freedom lovers at Rocklink a call at 905 905- 631-5462 and send them an email at info at rocklinkwithac.com. That's info at rocklinkwithac.com. Okay. That, that's really helpful. But so now let's talk about an application in yep. Germany where the state, um, I, I mean, we can talk about this in a number of different, uh, go go down a number of different pathways. So number one, tell me about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did it become illegal in Germany? And what are the repercussions if a, if a family decides yeah. to homeschool? Right. So homeschooling is illegal in Germany. And um, as far as I know, this law was introduced by, um, by Adolf Hitler. And since then, we, we have that. Yeah, it, um, it is it, virtually it, unbelievable mm-hmm. that... I am going to talk about it. why. Why do Germans love conquering the world? Like I, I've got a German heritage, but like, mm-hmm. what, what's our problem? Like, like you would think Germany would be like libertarian after all that yeah, they've right. gone through. Right. You would think that you'd have to call them back from not having a government at all. Like, <laughs> but right. Uh, well, Germans always uh, were very keen to obey the state yeah even okay. back in, in in prussian times or so um we like we like authority and like to obey <laughs> That's, yeah there's, there's those who <laughs> like to obey the state and there's like to be yeah. the state and, yeah. and there's no in between in, right, okay, right. Okay. so anyway it, it's interesting that that um homeschooling was made illegal by hitler because of course um hitler wanted to have authority over children uh, to educate them yes so that they believe exactly what the state tells them to believe right. yeah Th- that they have the worldview of the state right. and and if, if you have this state who believes i am god and i'm making up religion i'm yeah. telling people what they have to believe and uh, uh, then of course parents are a threat to you because you don't know what parents are teaching their children right. maybe they're teaching them something different maybe even christianity and yeah. that w- could be a threat because um, if, if, you, if you think I'm, yeah. I'm God, the state is God, um, then another God is a threat to you, right? right? So you want to have authority over the education of the children as, at an early, as early as possible in, in their lives, right? And it's interesting, our, our chancellor, uh, which basically is our president, so the highest yeah. office, um, he even says he wants to have, he openly said that, that the state needs to have authority over the children's beds, so he's making clear the state wants the children as soon as possible, as young as possible. Yeah, and um, and I don't know why why Germany. I I, th- I think we are the only country, at least in the Western world, to, where, where homeschooling is illegal. You see that w- with other countries now also. Yeah, that that they are trying to make homeschooling more difficult or even to make it illegal. You see that in in France, for example, in mm. other countries. Um, and illegal means really illegal. So if you if you um, if you want to homes- if you just homeschool your uh, your children, you will be fined, you will be put to jail, and in the end your children will be taken away from you. 
and that uh, that happened in Germany. Yeah, and there's even a family which which um, which fled to the U.S. and and asked for asylum, but but wasn't granted asylum, so they had to return. Um, but that's what's going on in Germany. You so um, I know of a few families who who homeschooled, and somehow. The state didn't find out, but but normally the state will know when your child has to go to school, and if if you don't if you don't send your child there, then you will have these repercussions. And um, so, so, so two questions yeah. that that come out of that. Um, number one, do many Christians believe that? Are, are they convinced that the state has their best interests? Where they would say, oh. Come on, it's not persecution that you can't homeschool your kids. The, the state education's really good. Um, I, I, I want to I want to caveat this. I, let make sure I go back to that question because mm -hmm. I, I want to caveat yep. this. Yep. Uh, I've homeschooled all of our kids, and I can tell you that there is absolutely nothing academically, socially, morally, uh, safety protocol. Uh, in the sense of one-on-one, uh, -on -one, educationally, one-on-one -on -one teacher environment or one-on-two, there is absolutely nothing that anybody could convince me that would say that if parents just put a little bit of effort mm -hmm. and pass on their love of the Lord and pass on their love for reading, that a homeschooling environment helps children excel. You homeschool all the time as a pastor. You, you don't go to a, you don't go to a, a classroom every time you have to read a book. No, you, you read a book, you interact with the book, mm. you write about the book, you integrate what you've learned from the book. I'm reading a book on economics right now because because uh, mm. I'm trying to figure out what Bitcoin's all about mm -hmm. and 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 I'm trying to figure out whether. Uh, all of the hype uh, about you know Bitcoin being volatile right now is is the media lying to me or or, or being truthful? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I, now, education is wonderful in the sense that if if I decided to go and join together in a discourse and in a classroom environment because that's what I wanted, it would be mm -hmm. fine. But the vast majority of every, our education is self learning. So my point yeah. to that is that. Homeschooling is not inferior in any way, and I have right. tasted and seen that and, and, and can prove that. Yeah. So to this whole point of it being illegal, are, are Christians deceived, again, by the state mostly, or yes. do Christians really lament this? Isn't it fearful sending your kids to mm -hmm. a state school that knowingly wants to rip them away from you? You know, it, in Germany, it's, it's really difficult to find sound teaching. And this is this is one area where you will not find much sound teaching on this. Um, so most Christians just send their kids to school. There are a few, especially from Russia, a few Russian Germans um, who understand that that's not the best thing to do, and and they they have their own schools. So it is possible to have a Christian private school in Germany. It is very difficult, but it is possible. Um, so, and there are, but there are only very few, and most of them are, well, are not really Christian. The, the, right. the Christian is in the name, but not so much in the curriculum right. or anything else. Right. So, um, but, but most Christians 
don't think about it and are also not taught about it. So I, I'm not aware, aware of any sermon on this subject in, in, in German. Um, there are a few Christians who, who think about these topics and they often flee Germany. They often go to France or Switzerland or somewhere else to be able to homeschool. And as a matter of fact, we, we have planted a new church in Basel, Switzerland, And basically all the church members there are Germans who fled to Switzerland or France to be able to homeschool. Right. Um, but this is only a small, small friction of Christians. Most of them, I think there are maybe two reasons for this. One, we are just used to it. Yeah, so right. no one knows, no, remembers a time when homeschooling was legal. So right. we all know it's illegal. And that's just normal for us. Right. Maybe even many don't even know that, that it is possible in other countries. Or if they know, they would probably say it is inferior. They would right. probably say, well, we, you need professionals to do this, right? right. Um, and then also, you know, the, the state never, never has been neutral. But... Um, 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, it was much more in, uh, yeah, it was conservative, it was, was much more in line with Christianity, at least uh, outwardly. So um, it, it, it is now becoming really a problem when, now that, that you see how evil the, star, the, the state has become how anti-Christian it is. Yeah. Yeah? When, uh, the state now pushes uh, its agendas like transgenderism and homosexuality and also the, the, all this COVID stuff with masking in schools and so on. Now the state is, uh, now you can see the state is not neutral. The state is, is evil. Yeah. Now it's obvious. Yeah. And I, I believe now it's becoming also obvious for more and more Christian families in Germany. But un until recently, until a few years ago, yeah. it wasn't so obvious. So yeah. people thought, well, that's what I have to do. And I just believe and trust that God will protect my children, which is fine. I, I believe God can protect your children. But if God has given you his word and is telling you that you are responsible uh, for educating your children, then I don't think it's, it's a wise thing to say, well, I ignore this. I give my children to the, to the, to the godless, to the, uh, to the wicked state, and, and just trust God that he will protect them. Of course he can, but you don't, you don't have any, any certainty that he will when you are disobedient. You'd have to yeah. be educating at home anyways. Like, even if you sent them right. over, you're, you're going to yeah. be deprogramming them just as much <laughs> exactly. as, as uh, anything else. Right. So um, how... Like, do you have any stories of families who have, like, they get a fine first and a warning, and they so they try so so families try and know that they get a warning, or is it yeah. or is it a fear that it can go from zero to a hundred where? It, it can go from, I got caught and now the kids are taken away from me. No, normally, you will first be fined. Yeah. And, um, and if you don't pay the fine, it will probably go to jail and then they'll take the children away from you. So, no, so normally, uh, it's, um, that's how they tr first try to, to make you comply. Right. Yeah. By fines yeah. and more fines and so on. Um, but there are, there are quite a few stories of families um, who, um, who experienced that, that they were first fined, were sent to jail, children taken away from them. So that is, that is happening in Germany. And, um, Two uh, loving parents mm -hmm. seeking to create brilliant readers, scholars, mathematicians, and yeah. scientists with a Christian worldview integrated into that. 
having their children taken away. Even parents who are trained teachers, who work at, at schools as teachers. Yeah? Right. So um, uh, I even know families where the parents are teachers and they're not allowed to teach their children at home. Yeah? So you can even, not even make an argument of incompetency or anything right. like that. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and as you said, it, it's not that, that, that those are bad parents and the children are really suffering. Or so. No, right. they're good parents and they want the best for the children. Yeah, they're the best parents. And, yeah, yes, yeah. So basically, maybe that's an, a third reason why you don't hear any sermons about this. Because what can you do then? You know, if you are convinced that you cannot give your children to the state, what can you do in Germany? Right. Well, you can suffer your children being taken away from you. Maybe that's not... Not the best thing to either, right? Yeah. So you you are left with only two options. Either you try to find a private school, a Christian school, even though this is probably not really Christian, but not as bad as the state school, or you have to flee. You have to leave Germany. There is a third mm -hmm. one. You can start a Christian school. E exactly. Yes. And, and uh, man, we'll be praying for you on that, Tobias. Thank you so much. Well, it has been a pleasure... Um, being able to, to break down uh, folks, you, this is another similar conversation. Like life boils down to God said it, God defines right because God has created this world full of law. There are some things in the natural world that we can discover. There are some things in the, in the natural world that only can be told we have, we have to accept by faith. And then there is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are told to be, be, be pardoned. And actually, I love that about the conference. We've been reminded yeah. that the, the offer is full pardon. Yeah. Um, and, and everything has to be relegated back to a faith in the Lord or a denial. And the denial leads to the state growing mm -hmm. because the state is, becomes self-serving. And so, right. uh, Tobias, thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the show. I would love to come visit you in Germany. I hope that that happens sometime in the near future. We'll yes. be praying for your church. Uh, so for our listeners, yeah. who, um, Tell us about your church and how can we be praying for you? Yeah, so my, my, my church is, is called Evangelical Reformed Baptist Church of Frankfurt. And um, compared to, to Canadian or U.S., uh, we, we only are a small church. We have um, No, no, uh, compared to Canadian, you're, you're pretty much okay. on par. Okay. The average okay. Canadian church is about 100 people. Okay, yeah, and so then, that's what we are also, yep. about 100 people. Um, and we are one of, of really... Uh, the only churches in, in, in Germany which are, which are reformed. So there's only a handful of reformed churches. And um, it, the, the church was planted in 2016. So it's only a few years old. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it, we are very happy if you, if you pray for us um, because uh, we are not totally isolated, but it, it, you are very, very lonely as, as, as a real Bible-believing Christian in, in Germany. Yeah? So that's also why this conference is so encouraging for me to be around like-minded like brothers and pastors. So, um, yeah, please pray for us that, um, that we will, will be a light for Germany because it's, it's real darkness there. So pray for us that we can be a light for Germany and, and pray for us that we can especially figure out 
the homeschooling problem. Yeah, because we are thinking of planning of of building a Christian church, a, a, a Christian school. It is very difficult, but yeah. um, your prayers are appreciated. Yeah, I, I would assume that in a country that where homeschooling is illegal, this. The the uh, red tape, the bureaucracy to do a Christian exactly. school mm. is equally uh, difficult yeah. because they, of course, don't want you to work like they don't want you to work around the homeschooling yeah. by yeah. having a, yes. a, a another alternative that's very similar. So we will be praying for you to navigate that. And thank you so and, much. And and we'll just end on this point, listeners. Remember that when we think about persecution and when we think about um when we think about what we ought to be doing, you know, persecution and this pressure comes on, on such a variety of levels. I, I'm thinking of, I, I'm thinking of the weirdest illustration right now. And it is the illustration of, of, of smells and tastes. Uh, you can have somebody be resistant to you or resistant to God simply on smells and tastes. Mm-hmm. They grew up in a home and the, 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 the chicken was cooked a certain way and they come to a church, uh, a church banquet or they come to a, a, a church potluck and the, the food's a different flavor. And like it, it can be as minuscule as that, that, that can cause somebody to be tempted to deny the truth. And then you walk progressively closer uh, to all of our sinful desires that cause us to be rebellious. And we have to call people back to faith. Right. And uh, even, you know, we're sitting in a room and it has its own smells in it. And, <laughs> and you go, do I like this or do I not like this? And it has nothing to do with God's truth. Yeah. So yeah. people will use almost every excuse to, to follow their sinful behavior. And we need to continue to call them back. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys are doing that in, in, in Germany. And we need to be praying for you because... Man, to not be able to homeschool your children, that is persecution. That is that is a threat to your families, and you know yes. that. Yes. And so right. yeah. we thank you for your, the stand that you're taking. It's what, what a pleasure to have you here, Tobias. Thank, thank you so you much so for much. being on the program. Thank you for having me. Yep. Okay, everybody. Godspeed. <laughs>